97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Welcome to this edition of Caring Connections. My name is Nicole Bruno and I'm your host. Joining me today is Jenny Womack, a clinical professor of occupational science and occupational therapy at UNC Chapel Hill, contracted to the Orange County Department on Aging as project coordinator of Orange County Cares. And also joining us is Stephanie Miller, a Master of Social Work student at UNC Chapel Hill, soon to be MSW, coordinator of the Dementia Friendly Business Initiative. And we are going to be talking about Orange County Cares. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Nicole. I am very glad to have you here. And you have some some huge news in Orange County about this amazing grant that you got for Orange County Cares. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, we're really excited about Orange County Cares. It's a multifaceted program mm-hmm. of the Orange County Department on Aging, but funded from a three year, with a three-year grant from the Administration for Community Living mm-hmm. from the uh, U.S. federal government. And the primary purpose is to support caregivers and people who live with Alzheimer's and related dementia, really any cognitive impairments. The focus is on the caregiver, but in doing that, we're also supporting people who live with dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to that overall focus, we'll also have an expanded focus in year two of the grant um, to learn more about people who are living with both intellectual and developmental disabilities as well as Alzheimer's and related dementias. Interesting. So you say that the focus is on the caregiver, and that's great because that's what our show is all about, educating mm-hmm. the caregivers in our community. Talk to us a little bit about what that means and how that breaks out in the grant. Sure. So the services that we are creating through OC Cares are organized on three levels. Mm-hmm. We're targeting an individual level, an organizational level, and community level. At the individual level, We're providing respite care, for example, one day a week at each of our county senior centers. So there's one in Chapel Hill and one in Hillsboro. That respite care allows caregivers to have a little bit of a break from their routine of Mm -hmm. giving care and also engages the person with dementia in a social um, atmosphere and activity engagement through a five-hour program that that happens once a week. And this five-hour program, is it specific to the participant? and the caregiver? Are they doing this together? How does that work? So the caregiver actually gets time away. They, they mm-hmm. have a break from, from being a caregiver uh, for a short period of time. There are times when we invite the caregivers to stay. We certainly invite them to um, come and, and give us information and be part of special programs that go on with the respite care program. But primarily, it's a time for people with dementia or other cognitive impairments to gather together in a social um, atmosphere with support from staff members. And the caregiver is on their own to take some free time and do things they they have difficulty finding time to do otherwise. So could you tell me a little bit, Jenny, about how this may or may not be unique or um, similar to an adult daycare program? Mm -hmm. It has some similarities with adult daycare, and we have great programs in that arena in our area. This respite care program is slightly different in that um, by being based in the senior centers that are in the county, which are another part of the services of the Department on Aging, 
we're able to tap into some of the activities that are already taking place there. This is also free of charge to people. Mm -hmm. um, it We can only take a capacity of 10 participants in each of the, the sites oh, okay. um, once a week. And so we have a little bit of a limited capacity, but we're trying to reach people in, in particular for whom they, they may not be able to access typical adult day services. And then there are also participants who are not going to be eligible or able to participate in this level of service who we would refer on to adult day services. So I guess just a little bit more information about this program. Um, is this a situation where individuals can receive some personal care or is it more for folks who just need some socialization? Mm. They can receive um, minimal personal mm -hmm. care, but there will be a level at which we can't mm -hmm. include the person in this program any okay. longer. Well, great. And so if folks want information on this respite piece, mm -hmm. are, are you full, I guess, should I even dare give this out? But if they, if you if you are taking a waiting list or have some availability, how do they find out? Yeah, more? sure. I appreciate you asking. We are full in Chapel Hill, but taking a waiting list. Mm -hmm. And in Hillsboro, we do have the capacity for a few more participants. And in order to find out about any of our programs, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of ways, you can call the Aging Helpline, and that's that's always sort of the first line of information, <laughs> and that's 919-968-2087. And then the person in charge of the respite care program is a social worker named Carol Wise, and okay. her contact information can be found on the Orange County Department on Aging website. She must be very smart. Yes, <laughs> that's right. She's very wise. <laughs> she is. She probably gets that all the time, probably hates that. <laughs> so, okay, so that's an example of a program for an individual. What mm -hmm. else are you doing for individuals? Yeah, also for individuals, we're expanding our support groups. And right now, the, the first expansion is in the form of memory cafes, which take a have a, a little bit of a different flavor than traditional support groups in that they are social gatherings for people with dementia and their caregivers to engage in together and to be supported in a, in a process of going out for entertainment or for um, some being engaged in something like a craft or a skill-based learning so that they can partake in that together as things in the community become more and more difficult for them to, to engage in. I know um, that support groups take many, many shapes and sizes and have been a social worker myself for many years. And I know sometimes when I say to somebody, gee, a support group might be a good idea. Oh, you get this look like a deer in headlights. I don't want any part of anything like that. I don't mm -hmm. want to be in a group where I'm going to hear people complaining about their loved ones. It's depressing. Mm -hmm. Can you help people understand that are listening what a support group is and one that works well, what, what, it, what it might feel like for an individual participating? Sure, I'll try to. Um, and uh, I also invite my colleague Stephanie to join <laughs> in on this one since she's a social worker. We have several established and, and already running uh, support groups that are based more on a, a social-emotional support mm -hmm. system. So it is more uh, based in the process of processing, talking with other people, sharing stories, sharing experiences of giving care um, for a loved one. And and those are important. And at the same time, you're right that they're not everyone's choice mm -hmm. as something to be involved in. And so the memory cafes offer a different way to be engaged in that you see your loved one with dementia being supported to still be included in something that's going on that's very socially based, that connects with other people, mm -hmm. that's part of the life of the community. Um, but it's not a direct um, verbal engagement about the process that you're going through. Oh, so there's a very distinct difference there. And I know another thing, too, you know, I, I like to talk about this piece when I'm talking about support groups, especially to large groups, is if you, you know, those of you listening, some of you may have had a child, and I, and everybody's different, but here's, here's the way I think about it. When you find out you get pregnant, you have a couple of choices. You have two paths you can take. You can say, I want to know everything from conception all the way to what to expect of the kids five, the mm. second you find out you're pregnant, and other people kind of only want to know every mm. little step as they, as they hit it. And so one thing that I 
try to talk to people about is you need to figure out who you are as a person. Do you want to know what to expect when loved one gets really ill and maybe needs to be turned in position in bed and fed? Mm-hmm. Or or or, do you, or are you the type of person that you just want to get through this day and not worry about what's happening tomorrow? So I encourage those that are listening you know, don't just appear at a support group. Try to mm-hmm. talk to the person who facilitates it and find out who actually composes, comprises in the group. Mm-hmm. What can you expect? Are there people with the um, disease that your loved one has that are in different parts of the progression? How would you feel about hearing about some of those other parts? Mm-hmm. And I think that can help mm-hmm. make that experience better because if you go and have a bad experience, chances are you're not going to try again. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Yeah, I was. I would also add that um, hearing from some of the caregivers who participate in the support groups at Orange County, our Department on Aging, um, they really value the relationships that they gain from that experience. And, you know, some people may hear therapy, but it also is about building those relationships. Definitely. During the experience. Definitely. Well, we need to take a quick break. And joining me again today is Jenny Womack and Stephanie Miller. And we are talking about Orange County Cares. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections. And joining me today is Jenny Womack, who is a clinical professor of occupational and science and occupational therapy at UNC Chapel Hill, contracted to the Orange County Department on Aging as project coordinator of Orange County Cares. And also Stephanie Miller, who is a master of social work student at UNC Chapel Hill. And Yahoo, soon to be an MSW, coordinator of the Dementia Friendly Business Initiative. And we were just talking about Orange County Cares and specifically what an individual might expect to receive from the services and programs that this grant, this amazing three-year grant, is going to provide our community. So I know, Jenny, you wanted to touch a little bit more on individuals. We already touched on the fact that you provide respite care and support groups in, in the effect of just regular support groups and also these memory cafes. What else would you like to talk about? I wanted to touch uh, for a second on the in-home consultation mm-hmm. piece because it is a relatively new piece of our grant and it's growing even as we speak. We're um, undergoing some training as a staff. We have, we have a process in which a social worker and an occupational therapist would come out as a team to the home of people who request it. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think we would touch some of those people that you mentioned may not identify with support groups or may mm-hmm. not be ready to process this in a, in a public space or in a social space but to um, find out what the challenges are of everyday living with dementia. Mm -hmm. And if there are problems, for example, what we see most often are problems with behavior, problems with communication, Mm -hmm. not understanding what the person is responding to necessarily, if they're not responding verbally to what's going on. And these, uh, this team can go out into the home and find out exactly what the, the individual needs are. Mm-hmm. And then what we're trying to put in place is a program that has some evidence base to it that, that is called TAP and an, a parallel program called COPE. And that stands for Tailored Activity Programming. Mm-hmm. And that's particularly oriented toward the person with dementia to help them be engaged in things that are of interest to them mm-hmm. and meaningful to them and looking at how their day flows, how their habits and routines feed into what they're interested in and what how can we develop a good process for them over a day. COPE is actually targeted at the caregiver, and it is supporting the caregiver and identifying what their priorities mm-hmm. are, really seeing this as an interpersonal system, not just as one mm-hmm. individual who has a disease mm-hmm. process or an illness, but there, there is a family system in place there that needs some support. So that's kind of interesting. Um, that we're just touching on this. So does this grant only focus on individuals with a dementia diagnosis? Um, dementia and related cognitive impairments is, okay. is essentially So if I'm sitting here listening my loved one mm-hmm. has a COPD or mm-hmm. a heart failure, this is not for them. Correct. Okay. Correct. That's good to know. All right. So is there anything else that this grant will be tackling from an individual perspective? 
Um, I think that pretty much covers the individual perspective. I will route back, though, and say, uh, because of your question about people with COPD and, and other um, situations, other conditions, is that the other services of the Orange County Department mm-hmm. on Aging are um, available to anyone. And okay. certainly there are parallel services. Um, this one is targeted at dementia, Alzheimer's-related dementias, because of the funding that we're receiving from mm-hmm. the Alzheimer's Disease Initiative. Right. 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 Yeah. It's not, it's, this is a grant. It's grant-specific. Sure. This is the grant sure. saying they want you to target. And I, but it's great for people to know that, I think. So, okay. So, okay. So we just targeted what, what this grant focuses on from an individual perspective. How about an organizational yeah, at an organizational level, a little more straightforward, we're developing training for people who hire um, as in-home caregivers. And so we're looking at agencies mm-hmm. uh, that provide in-home caregivers specific to people with dementia. We know that they receive some good basic training mm-hmm. about interacting uh, with people with dementia, but we'd like to offer some enhanced strategies mm-hmm. around communication and around activity engagement in particular. So we'll be working um, with those with those agencies and also with people who uh, privately hire as in-home caregivers. I think that's wonderful because, again, and if we can just increase everyone's education across the board, that will just improve the quality of life of the individual afflicted with dementia and their family caregiver. Mm-hmm. Not to mention if these in-home care providers are really trained well on how to provide that care, the family caregiver can learn some tips mm-hmm. and tricks as well, which is very, very helpful because burnout sure. is high. And this, this these diseases are extremely exhausting. That 36-hour yes. day book is not even a joke. <laughs> it's more like 48 yes. hours. I mean, it does not end. So... Right. I think that is definitely great foresight in your behalf to think about educating the community for sure. So, okay, so to hit on individuals, we've hit a little bit on organizations. Now more on what you're doing community-wide. So at the community level, we administer a program um, started by some other folks called the Dementia Friendly Business Initiative, and I think you're going to hear more about that in another segment of your show. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition, we are starting a community education series in July of this year, and that will be um, a series of educational sessions about dementia and also some interactive sessions with people who have been caregivers Mm -hmm. of adults with dementia talking about what the disease process is, what to expect, what what cannot be expected or predicted mm-hmm. um, in the process, offering one another some support, but then merging into really talking about some practical everyday living strategies mm-hmm. and how you uh, take the journey of living with someone with this disease. Mm. So it sounds like you're really passionate about this program for sure. Oh, I think we have a great team that's very passionate about it. What so. got you interested in being the coordinator of this? Um, I spent some time, I, for the last three years, I have contracted clinically as an occupational therapist to the Department on Aging, and I have just great respect for this organization that they, I, I call them the team that doesn't know the word no. They, mm-hmm. they tend to go after innovation and really mm-hmm. think about new ways to serve people living in the community. And so I was really honored to co-write this grant with Mary Frazier, the director of the Aging Transition Services, who's also serving as the director of the grant. And um, <laughs> Multiple hats. Exactly. Don't we all wear them all? <laughs> right. And when it came true, I think we were stunned that... Um, a county-level organization was offered this opportunity, and so we're just trying to make the best go of it that we can for the next three years. That's awesome. And, you know, Stephanie, uh, looking at you, I I graduated from social work school, uh, gosh, back in 1997. (laughs) I'm getting old. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) And so I'm curious to know, what got you interested in working with older adults, and do you think this is the future for you? I do think it's the future for me. I My career path has been a winding one so far, mm-hmm. but um, older adults have always been a passion to me. I spent um, quite a bit of my life with my maternal grandparents, mm-hmm. and um, just the value of those relationships is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And um, having watched my own grandmother go through um, her 
own battle with Alzheimer's. It really, you know, it's a personal experience that carries me quite a distance. Mm-hmm. It's still, I mean, you know, how many ever decades later, it's still carrying me in my pro- professional career. So, and I know a lot of us have that story that, um, we're, you know, millions mm-hmm. of people, their grandparents face memory loss or dementia in some form. And so I think it's really important to talk openly about it. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I'm I'm really excited about the community level program that we have and getting yeah. to talk about it. I remember when I went to social work school and, you know, it was, it was you know, drug abuse and children and all that homeless. That was like the sexy stuff to be involved with and potentially even Ironically. criminal justice. Yeah. And it's it's like it was so hard for, you know, those internships to attract students to say, hey, but work with the older adults. And, it's kind of, you know, kind of. and I actually got placed in an internship. I wanted to work with children and I got placed in an internship. In a, in a nursing home, I was fit to be tied because that is not what I want to do, but it completely changed my life. And I just wish we could figure a way to attract more young, bright people to work with older adults, not even just social workers, but physicians. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, people are, it, the silver tsunami is coming. And I think if people are smart, it's going to be job security for sure. Yeah, I completely not. agree with you. And it might sound callous to say out loud, but I think it's one of those things that if we prepare ourselves for our own job needs, but also our own futures, mm-hmm. that those are things that are important to think about. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections, and joining me is Jenny Womack, Clinical Professor of Occupational Science and Occupational Therapy at UNC Chapel Hill, contracted to the Orange County Department on Aging as Project Coordinator of Orange County Cares. Love to see that business card. And (laughs) Stephanie Miller, Master's of Social Work student at UNC, soon to be MSW, Coordinator of the Dementia Friendly Business Initiative. I thought what we would do, ladies, in the last few minutes we have left is just because the Orange County Department on Aging has such a huge, robust program that they offer the community already. I don't think there's ever too many times that we can actually just remind people in the community what there is out there that already is provided to assist in our journeys as we grow older. So take it away. Well, we'll try to uh, give this its due regard. Stephanie and I are both sort of privileged to be connected to the Department on Aging, but neither one of us are employees of it. But um, Janice Tyler, the director. Well, that way uh, you can't be fired. That's right. If you say it wrong. Janice, did you hear that, right? So so we will uh, make sure that we we honor Janice Tyler, who's the director of the Department on Aging, Mm -hmm. and hope that we get all the the elements in. First of all, the senior centers are a major thrust of the Department on Aging, and there are two of them in the county, one in Chapel Hill and one in Hillsborough. They offer an amazing array of um, social, recreational, um, craft-based, uh, knowledge-based programming, and that's usually advertised through the Senior Times, a publication that comes out four times a year and can be picked up at multiple outlets and also found online. Then there's the aging transitions element of the Department on Aging, and that are those are the services for people who are dealing with age-related issues in their life. That might have to do with something health-related. It might be financially related. It might have to do with just making choices about what's next for you in your life and talking that over with someone. And that's a a full staff of people that includes um, primarily social workers, also occupational therapists, and interns of all kinds who come in and out and do (laughs) amazing work for us. Um, And the the third element um, are the – I've totally – Drawn a blank. The wellness program. Thank you. Well, Latanya will shoot you. So the wellness programs operate also out of both senior centers, but also have a deep reach into the community. Um, and those have to do with keeping people 
well throughout their lives in a, in a physical sense, but also in terms of mental health. And then the other thing we should mention is the Volunteer 55 Connect yes. program, which are the uh, is services. Is that the RSVP? That I, um, so it's changed. It ah. formerly was RSVP Oops. because it came through federal funding, but now it's a little bit different in terms of source, and we call it the Volunteer Connect 55 Plus. Okay. And the 55 Plus refers to um, who we're serving mm. rather than being a minimum age requirement for anybody who volunteers. Really, we encourage all levels of community, you know, all ages of community That's members. Awesome. We want, you know, UNC students. We want. See, and I would have assumed you had to be 55 to, right. reti- or to volunteer, <laughs> so that was a good rebranding. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! <laughs> so if folks want more information about how to get a hold of Orange County Department of Aging, what's the best phone number? Um, the Aging Helpline is always the place to start, especially for a client referral. And again, that's 919-968-2087. You can also find contact information for all the different programs online at the Orange County NC Department on Aging. Uh, and there's also a Facebook site. Wow, great job. So again, thank you for joining us today. And as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Thank you so much, ladies. It was thank a pleasure. You. The purpose of Caring Connections is to educate listeners to help improve the quality of life for families, for professional caregivers, as well as those people affected with Alzheimer's disease. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno is supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. You can hear this and any other program of Caring Connections on WCHL's website, chapelboro.com. Be sure to email questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Caring Connections is a presentation of 97.9 FM, WCHL, Chapel Hill Carborough's News, Talk, and Tar Heel Station.